Hi, welcome to the latest episode of Mistress Mia's Dungeon. I'm your hostess, Mistress Mia, and you know, Master John, Lord Bala Johnny Hot Kicks, mean motherfucker. Yay, me! I got so excited, I can't even wait for you to finish. I noticed that. I just went ahead for it. <laughs> oh well. Okay, I'll calm down. Okay. It's, no, it's not happening. I'm not going to calm down, but we'll pretend. All right. All right. So, John, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good. well. Let me use correct grammar if we're going to do a podcast for people to listen all over the world. <laughs> Let me sound like, well, going to say that I'm not from the South, but yeah, that's not going to happen. No. The accent already makes me sound dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you bash our Southern people. Okay, okay. <laughs> Best joke I've ever heard of. Carried it around for years. Jeff Foxworthy. He says, the Southern accent is not the smartest accent. You don't want a brain surgeon with a southern accent. You don't want to walk into the surgery. And the first thing you hear is, what we're going to do is cut the top of your head off. Root around there with a stick for a while. See if we can't get that dog going to run clot out. And it's true. That's not what you want to hear. Not what you want to hear. <laughs> so we pretend like we know what we're talking about today. Okay. We'll try anyway. Okay. okay. Uh... <laughs> Like, how do I even follow up with that? I threw you off there, didn't I? You did. See? You did. I still got it. You still got it. Wow. <laughs> I was going to ask you something specific, and I, I don't recall it now. Well, that's good. It worked, then. <laughs> Fuck you, John! <laughs> um, so, I was watching an episode of Dateline the other day. Right. Is that your favorite show? It, it is one of my favorite that shows. And- Wives with knives. Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> that do, one too. You, yeah, you. I like that one too. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Smart ass. <laughs> um, what I was gonna say now, remember, is it's at the end of the year, and pot and uh, the podcast uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. who who do everything for us, um, they come up with this cool little video about our podcast. Yeah, and it said that. One of our, I guess it was the most listened episode was with Dahlia. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Um, it was a good episode. I think we've had, you know, it was a terrible sound. The sounding was bad because I was at the very beginning of when we started. Right. We've gotten a little bit better, hopefully. I, I would hope so. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> but um, it said that... Uh, it was like, how cool is it that you've gone global, you know? And you mentioned the other day that, you know, we started off with, you know, our first year, you know, less than 100,000. First two years. Yeah. Oh, first yeah. First year, we were ex- excited to hit 25,000. Then we hit 100,000 after a second Yes. Year. Yes. And now it's over 300,000. 300,000. We've doubled it in one year. So. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our listeners. Putting up with my bullshit. God, yeah. They like listening to you. I don't know why they listen to me. No, I'm sure they get tired of me, too. I've been told that I have a uh, cackle, so... (laughs) I've tried to tone that down. (laughs) I've tried to tone that down a little bit. Well, we do try to be a little obnoxious, you know? Yeah, I think... Howard Stern is our hero. I agree. 
Love Howard Stern, right? We need to be a little obnoxious yes. and out there. So yes. the people that like us will listen, and the people that hate us will listen even more. Now, do you listen to Joe Rogan? Uh, I, I Some clips. Some clips, yeah. yeah. I listen to him quite a bit, and I think that... I think what really is so appealing about him, too, is that he, I guess, encompasses so many people. Yeah. And he has... A lot of different subjects. Yeah, and he has cool interviews. Oh, that's not good. I didn't mean to hit that. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of his interviews with Neil deGrasse Tyson, which... Yeah, me too. I really like, because he's a physicist. Yeah. Well, he's a scientist. I'm not sure what kind of scientist, but he's smart. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Smarter than me. And I like to nerd out listening to him sometimes. So anyway, anyway, we've gone global. That's the point. Yeah. So we've, All I think we've doing, world. yeah, I think we're doing really well. Corrupting people that. everywhere. <sighs> yeah. So <laughs> it's interesting you say that. So I brought up to this, this point. So I'm watching Dateline the other night and I should not watch Dateline when I'm alone. <laughs> or before bed. Yes. <laughs> that really gets it. So this guy, he was known in the BDSM community. Uh, his name was Master Bob. Oh, we know Master Bob. We do, but this is not that Master Bob. Because <laughs> we love our Master Bob. He's great. He's great. He was at the last party. Watch me do my fire show. Oh, I love him. Yeah. So anyway, this guy, I think he was up in Michigan or something, but he was a uh, real estate mogul. Like he had a lot of properties and he happened to have this property that was a bar. And down in the bar, there was a lot of rumors circulating that he had a dungeon. Well, his wife is killed. She shot shot to death in their garage in their house. And of course, no one wants to come forward. So the husband ultimately pins it on some guy. But needless to say, the husband gets... The husband. Oh, yeah. He planned it. He paid this guy, you know... And then the FBI steps in, and of course, they, they, they get him, you know. But the interesting thing of it was, it was the way they perceive BDSM. So there was two women that he was involved with, and one woman was like, you know, he told me that he was single. He told me he was, you know, a widower, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, six months later, she finds the complete truth is, you know, that his wife is now dead, that he was never divorced. You know, he'd been married to this woman for 30 years, and he was still willing to kill her. I mean, they had three kids together. Horrible, you know? But um, needless to say, um, they went and did a tour of the dungeon downstairs, you know? And to me, it was like, okay... One being a basic dungeon, ten being holy shit, this is fucking amazing. Um, oh, holy shit, this scares the shit out of me, which makes it amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it wasn't any of those. I think that it it kind of like mediocre. I think it was like a five on a on a one to ten scale. I think that. You know, he invested some time in certain things, but I mean, he had a bed in there and we have to take this into consideration too. This is after his arrest, you know, and they went, somebody went in there undercover. So I'm sure he didn't have everything out. 
but there were certain elements to the downstairs basement that it had like the stone wall you can see and it had a couple of different stocks set up and chains. That's what I want. I want a stone wall. Right? With water dripping down it. Ooh. And chains on it to shackle people to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I want. Right? So it's already like an eight or a nine just with the wall. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it really is. The way it was presented right through that at that point was, you know, it was a five. Yeah. Well, they can't. Yeah. They can't make it look good. Correct. I can't think of the word. I was going to say glorify it, but that's not the Yeah, well, they, they didn't want to glorify it. In fact, you know, when Dateline, they're doing the interview with everybody, you know, they talked to the two women he was involved with. And the one woman was very, very subdued. She didn't really want to talk about the lifestyle. They didn't ask her a lot of questions. Okay. But now this woman, he flew across the country to actually meet. She was like, oh, yeah, you know, I was going to be their third. And I was going to be the submissive. And I was going to serve both of them. And the interviewer is just like, whoa, 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 wait. What are you talking about? Like, what is this? And then they asked someone else that was his friend that participated down in the basement. And the judge actually asked during the, the trial, so what is BDSM? What does it stand for? And he's like, well, that's very complicated. I'm thinking, what? You can't answer that question? Like, what? <laughs> it is complicated, but it is. BDSM is pretty simple. Yes. Yeah. So, anywho, my point being with all of this is the outside world who are not, you know, involved in BDSM it, it's demonized, you know. It just oh, yeah, people are afraid of it. If people are afraid of they don't it, understand. they don't understand. And, and then it you just get guys like this that kill their wives. Yes. And there's different le levels. Yes. Of sadism. Yes. So you know, yeah, we have a dungeon here. We have fun. We play. We bring people in. They enjoy it. Yes, absolutely. And I'm not even gonna lie, I do some pretty sadistic things with my partner and with other people. Yeah. It just depends on who you're playing with, how far they want to go. But if you're killing your wife and they connect that to the BDSM, <laughs> yes, that, that pretty much vilifies it. It does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. So, yeah. It was sad. <laughs> it was really sad because I'm thinking, fuck you, Master Bob. You fuck know? you for fucking this up. Yes. You're fucking it up for us because <laughs> these people think, you know, that it's so horrible. And But, you know, this one woman who was talking about being their submissive, she said that she had sex with Bob. And when he flew across country to meet her and they had this little entanglement for the weekend, she said she'd plan on never seeing him again because he was rough. His, the sex was rough. She did not enjoy it. You know, so... And he was a sadist. He was a big sadist. Yeah. yeah, it was fucked up. Yeah, there's different levels of rough sex, too. Mm-hmm. I enjoy rough sex. Yeah. My partner and I... Yeah, partake in that. With, we're pretty rough with each other. Yeah. But, you know, there's a limit. There's a limit. And you got to get the right partner. Yeah. So some, some people want to take it beyond some of the limits. Very much so. Sure. So... So, you want to talk about serial killers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a great segue. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Killers in general, you know, what yeah. they're into in that, in that context. But, yeah, it's true, you know. So, he killed his wife. Yes. Hopefully, that's the only person he killed. That, yeah, that they know of. But we do know several serial killers that they've studied and they've interviewed. 
Yes. That takes sexual pleasure from what they're doing. Very much so. You know, a lot of times people become serial killers because they get a rush from killing and they want to feel that again. Kind of like the rush we get sometimes from the dead. Yeah. So. How sick are we? We're going to talk about sadism for a while. That's how sick we are. So, yeah, I think a lot of it goes back to control. You know, they talked um, in a few articles I've, I've read over the years, but, you know, there's like three or four different types of serial killers. And one specifically deals with control, and that's their that's their go-to their mo so to speak right so a lot of the people that we've talked about and we're getting ready to talk about is on the list for people that you know you know have that controlling aspect of themselves being serial killers so you want to tell us about that well one of the things you know that we've learned was that murderers have been found to have an abnormally strong sex drive it's not just very true a drive to kill it's an animalistic nature they primal John primal <laughs> very primal you know they they demonize whether, it, whether it's about <laughs> control or it's about something else they have very strong drives that they have a hard time controlling they feel the need to act out on those emotions and on those impulses and they include these may even include fantasies about having intercourse with dead people and we will talk about some some necrophilia and you put one on here on the list it was um who was it Jeffrey Dahmer Jeffrey Dahmer yeah so tell us about Gary Ridgway the Green River Killer he preferred strangulation and that's one thing that I like yes I like to be choked until it passes out (laughs) we've talked about this before Down at the last party. I'd say the next time we, we <laughs> strangle you, you need to say, oh, Gary. <laughs> I love things. Don't ruin this for me. <laughs> so, so apparently Gary Ridgway's mother often told her son inappropriate stories about her work in the men's section at the department store. So she was a seamstress. Okay. And she told him in length about how men would get aroused when she would measure their garments. Well, I'm sure they would. She's probably rubbing their legs. And, probably. And if she's coming home to tell her son about it, you know she's doing dirty things to those guys. I think she's doing dirty stuff to her son. Oh, of course. Yeah, I mean, who does that? But she's, if she's coming home and telling them about it, she's rubbing their dicks. Yes. Yeah, she's doing it on purpose. Um, so she would tell her young son at the time all about how men's genitals smelled. Yeah. Who does that? She's sniffing their balls. Yes. Yes. How great is that? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking whore. Fucking whore is right. God, but then she goes home and tells her son. See, that's how you fuck up. Who does that? Yes. But she was fucked up too. Oh, she was clearly fucked up. She was obviously abused. Obviously. Sexually abused as a child. And she carried it with her. Yes. And this is how that, that, you know. Continues to carry on. Continuation. Yeah. It's not a single event. In one person's life, a lot of times, it's multiple generations. Exactly. So. Exactly. So, when he was young as well, he admitted to having uh, violent sexual fantasies about his mother. Go figure. Yeah. Wow. Um, So, he then, of course, started having sex with prostitutes and requested that his wife have sex with them. 
uh, with him, excuse me, in public or near the bodies after he'd already killed these prostitutes. Okay, so did his wife know that there were dead bodies close by? I don't think so. He just wanted to have sex next to him. Yeah. So he wasn't, in have, close he wasn't proximity. having violent sex with his wife. No. He was going out having sex with prostitutes and killing women and then taking his wife out. Yes. As a victory lap. Yes. Wow. Yes. Victory lap. Damn. That's a good <laughs> set of words to use for that shit. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. That's my quote. Oh, my God. Right. My victory lap. Yes. <laughs> Let's go for round two in the victory lap. Fuck. Yeah, that's so true. You know, we talked about swinging and reclaiming your partner. Yeah. You know, same thing. Same thing. Damn. Good for you, John. <laughs> but yeah, so Gary Ridgway, I mean, he seriously had some problems. But you know, he was like a deacon in the church, and it was crazy. That's the easiest way to hide it. It's the easiest we've way. About, we've talked about people hiding behind religion a lot. You know, Very much my so. My father did it. Yeah. But um, it's really easy if you're the police commissioner. Yeah. Or the chief of police, or you're the district attorney, or you're, you know, we've had friends that were their parents were principals and just this whole group of people that are supposed to be protecting you it's really easy to get away with it when you're one of those people yeah it's like Dexter you can't find the serial killer because the person looking for the serial killer is it's the serial, serial killer, killer. Yeah. it's crazy it's great <laughs> it's great <laughs> I should go be a judge <laughs> totally John I totally let myself off <laughs> I totally so- get off in the chamber <laughs> So, in correlation to BDSM, it was almost like he was proud of his work. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know a lot of times we sit back and we're like, ooh, we're proud of our work and what we've done. But it's, you know, not... They they take it to... It's not a fantasy anymore. Yeah. So, it said he was having sexual fantasies. Yes. But then he actually played them out. Yeah. To the the inevitable conclusion. Definitely. He actually killed people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Crazy shit. Bundy, I know you like this guy. Oh, he was arrested here. Yeah. 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 Crazy right shit. Right here in Pensacola. Right here in Pensacola. Not even 20 minutes from us. <laughs> <laughs> Downtown Pensacola. I like that, don't you? Oh, yeah. So I could just imagine. Strangulation. He was another one, yeah. yeah. So tell us about you. You've studied all these guys. I have. I've yeah, studied so a lot of them. I haven't. So tell us about <laughs> Ted. Well, you know... They're, they're usually good-looking guys. He was a good-looking guy. It's not like they can't find sexual partners. Yeah. It's not about sex. It's about the fantasy and the impulse and the inability to regulate that impulse. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I will say that Ted Bundy, something that they really don't talk about a lot in any type of documentary with him, is that he was raised by his grandparents and was told they were actually his biological parents, and they were not. They were his grandparents. And his so-called sister was actually his mother. And he never knew that until he was much, much older. Like, he was a grown adult in his 30s at this point, you know. So, did he start his rampage before or after he found out the new? He started, you know, being abusive, destructive when he was, you know, preteen. That's how most serial killers yeah, begin. There's a pattern. There is a pattern. You see a lot of people that will hurt animals. Yes. They'll, they'll be very destructive. Yeah. You'll, you'll see signs. 
Absolutely. I think with Ted Bundy, though, like his grandfather, who was his father, or who was not his father, excuse me, his grandfather, who he thought was his father, was an abusive alcoholic. And he was actually physically abusive to his wife and his daughter, is what I've read before. And they were talking about how, you know, he would see that, you know, yeah, women meant nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he got off on that. So that's multi-generational again. Again. You're absolutely right. So, um, anyway. This, these people aren't just created from, they don't just wake up one day. No. So want to be this. No. But, um, but Ted Bundy would beat, rape, and strangle his victims. Um, they said he would often go and take a very long time to actually kill someone um he enjoyed the pain he enjoyed inflicting pain yes absolutely he was a true sadist and um and then he would actually go back after he had already murdered them and go back and actually then partake in the necrophilia aspect of it um i know when they said that yeah it says when he was 13 he was yeah. already doing necrophilia yeah and stuff yeah yeah crazy and then of course they said that he you know had a lot of like bondage magazines he got involved in um reading bdsm magazines with you know bondage and torture you know and seeing a lot of that you know that's something i haven't really seen as an actual bdsm magazine like that you know, I mean, well, there's not a lot of magazines around anymore. I know, there's right? A lot of internet videos. Now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so hmm. internet videos. Right? Yeah. So, clearly that was something he was into, but I just found it insightful. I think it's it's always interesting to kind of, you know, sit back and look at someone and the things that they've done and how horrific they can be, but, mm-hmm. you know. So, we talked about um, Gary... Gary Ridgeway had a dungeon in the bar that he owned. No, 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 not no, not Gary. That was the guy I was talking about first. He was Bob, Master Bob. Remember? Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. The, yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, no, you're okay. I was thinking. Okay. okay. Well, anyway, we talked about Master Bob. He had a dungeon. Yes. Now we got a guy who had a dungeon inside of his semi truck. Yes, and that's some shit. It says April first, nineteen ninety. A highway patrol officer stopped to investigate a semi-truck that was parked on the side of an interstate in Arizona, only to find a woman handcuffed, naked, and screaming, and 44-year-old Robert Ben Rhodes, the driver of the vehicle inside. It says he had converted the cab of his truck into a torture chamber and was arrested for unlawful imprisonment, aggravated assault, and sexual assault. I guess you don't feel like, you know, hitchhiking with a a trucker. Listen... (laughs) I have hitchhiked with a trucker before. Yes, you have. I have. <laughs> with my wife and kids. Our car broke down. They drove us home. Oh, shit. For two hours. Oh, my God. And now I'm just like, that was a bad idea. That was a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> no shit. And those cabs are big. They're big, you yeah. a lot of shit in those cabs. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that horrible? Probably picked up a prostitute. Yeah. It doesn't say who she was, but... Probably picked up a prostitute. Yeah. Handcuffed her and took her with him. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know. It's eye-opening. And you don't really hear a lot about him. Yeah, so he's on the list. So he, he was a serial killer, correct? Correct. So this wasn't his first victim. It was not. Yes. Wow. 
Definitely. So what do you do with the bodies once he... I don't know. I mean, if you take somebody from California to... Arizona? Not much... F- Missouri yeah. or all Yeah. Nobody's going to know them when you drop no, the body. No, not Nobody's at all. Nobody's looking for them. Not at all. Because they're half a country away. Exactly. So you kind of just pick them yeah. up, do what you want, and dump them off somewhere. <laughs> now, we're not that giving anyone ideas. Friends, right? <laughs> yeah. We're not, <laughs> we're not giving anyone any ideas. No, 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 no. <laughs> But yeah, right. that's that's interesting shit. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer? I know you do because this is your favorite. <laughs> Why is it my favorite? You love Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> you, you, know. you 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 don't love Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes. You like, you like to study the psychology of sex. Yes. And Jeffrey Dahmer is one of the ones that you talk about. Yes. Okay. See, I am your best friend. You are. Gosh, John, you're great. Tell us everything you know about Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> this guy. Wow. <laughs> It wasn't just necrophilia. He took it beyond that. Oh, shit. Well, you know, he did an interview. He's done multiple interviews before he was killed. But he um, he would always say, you know, don't blame my family. You know, and he had siblings. They actually had to change their name. You know. Yeah, his siblings weren't that way. But he no. was abused, correct? He... See, he never says that he was abused from what I remember reading. Okay. I just remember reading that... You know, in watching, they did a um, a series on Netflix, I think. Um, his mother was mental health. I think she must have been schizophrenic. Um, she had a lot of abnormal behavior. He saw that. He probably inherited some of that. Yeah, clearly. You know, most of your, your mental health is, you know, through your mother's genes. Um, but right, so that means my mom's crazy. Ah, uh, <laughs> she's probably horny sexual with a big dick. <laughs> that would explain a lot. That would explain. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah. So Jeffrey's dad, he was he in dabbled in. I guess he was a scientist, if I'm not mistaken, or a biologist, one of the two. But for some reason, he thought it would be cool to show his eight-year-old son that they could pick up roadkill and he could take, you know, this roadkill and teach him how to, um, you know, basically melt an animal in acid and or do taxidermy. Who the fuck teaches their kid how to do this? <laughs> hey, I think it'd be cool. But, um, yeah, you know, I think he was neglected as a child. I think, I think he endured abuse, but again... I don't really recall any of that. I could be wrong. Um, and then this is a case of where he was encouraged to do yes, weird things to animals. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but again, he started, again, trying to kill people at 13 years of age, you know, very young. Um, he had a crush on a boy in high school. He was 16 at the time. You know, he brought him back and he killed him, you know. Um, and that's the other thing, you know, his parents divorced, they separated, you know, they were in two different houses at this point and he had a lot of freedom, you know, so to me, it just sounded like he was extremely misguided. He had mental health issues, you know, and then when he acted out and things didn't work out, they sent him to grandma, you know, and it says he, he tried to preserve the victim's bodies. Yeah. So, but it sounds like to me, and I don't know as much as you do, I haven't read up. But it sounds like he liked this boy. 
He mm-hmm. killed him. He wanted to keep him. He did. He didn't want the boy to leave. He wanted to keep him. Yeah. So he tries to preserve these bodies. Yeah. And he did participate in necrophilia. Yeah. But he also participated in cannibal- cannibalism. He did. So during any of those interviews about the cannibalism, was it about, because we've talked about it before on the podcast, sometimes they want to ingest the person to make them part of them so that they're always with them. Was that part of the cannibalism? I believe so. I think that was my understanding. Because, you know, he had actually did a, like a blueprint, so to speak, of all the victims that he'd killed. He, you know, he had vats of acid in his apartment at the time when they when they caught him and he had already put victims in these barrels yeah he put them in big chest freezers too didn't he yeah and you know he was going to preserve the bones put them together and basically build the construct in this apartment a um like a fireplace almost like um an altar if you will with all the bones from his victims yeah, it definitely has a mental illness. Yeah, just a little bit, right? <laughs> and like I said, I'm not the authority. Wow. I'm, I'm not the authority on all of this. But, you know, I've read a lot of articles. You know, my um, my memory slips every now and then with different things. But, but you see, he began to frequent gay bathhouses. I mean, that was his way of, you know, in a, being in a relaxing place, it said. And um, he'd have sexual encounters. And he was frustrated when the partners would move during sex. He said, I trained myself to view people as objects for pleasure instead of people. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? That's an aspect of BDSM. It is. Try, they like, too. They like dollification. They it like, is. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but they just want them to lay there and not move. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked about before with roofies, people will drug their date. And I don't get it, but they enjoy having sex with somebody that's... Bill Cosby. Incapacitated. Yeah, prime example there. I don't get it. Yeah. But some people, it's their thing. Yeah. Not condoning it. No. By any means. I'm just saying, he's not the only one. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. You know, Bill Cosby is clearly not a serial killer, but again, it's about control. You know, and I watched a recent um, documentary and a lot of people that knew him, like even his son directed this documentary. I think it was on HBO, in fact, this past year. He was Bill like, Co- we're, talking about Bill Cosby. we're talking about Bill Cosby. Yeah, his son directed it. His son directed it. Wow. And he asked all these people, including the victims, about what actually transpired. But, you know, he he had a desire to control people. And I think that's why he roofied women. Because he knew he, he was a power. He could dominate them. He could control them. Because with this celebrity, he had no lack of women wanting his... Not at all, no. It was, I, I want to take what I want. Exactly. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. Crazy thing, John. Crazy thing. <laughs> but it's crazy that we have to to a comparison with that and BDSM but it's so well you know it's, it's crazy it's to understand what sadism is it is talk about sadism and you know this is the extreme it is but then now we can talk about fantasies and the fact that people do have these fantasies and we we act out on the fantasies but we have a limit and we do control our impulses where some people just can't or they get excited by the actual killing of someone yeah like when we choke you out it's like we want you to come back 
it's a fantasy we, we play out the fantasy where this, they play it out, I play it out to the ultimate yes yeah but there's people on the other end masochists who want to be killed oh definitely and there's been people who've been arrested for playing out those fantasies yeah because they've actually killed someone that wanted to be killed yeah so there's Crazy. a spectrum there is <laughs> we're part of that spectrum we're on the spectrum <laughs> But Okay, well this has been very enlightening. It has been, hasn't it? It's been a little bit more serious than some of our <laughs> But that's good. It is good. We're gonna be serious journalists one day. <laughs> <laughs> I call bullshit on that, but <laughs> Maybe we'll bring somebody on one day and we'll just eat them on the air. <laughs> I know we've got some cool interviews. I pussy on there. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> I will go in the other room for that. Um, I know we're going to have some cool interviews coming up. We do. We have some good stuff lined up. Yes, we do. So, Looking forward to it. Until then, make all of your, I don't really want to kill you fantasies, become realities. <laughs> <laughs>